Welcome, everybody. It's time once again to grab your pipeline and jump in. The sales pipeline with Matt Hines. I, I, I blew my analogy here today about the surfboard. I totally, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> totally uh, ruined that one. A little concerned. He says, I grab your pipe. I'm like, boy, I'm <laughs> well, it is Southern California after all, you know, so. Well, yeah, that's, this is true. How are you doing down there? Are you, you floating yet? Is it, is it too soon to make jokes? How are we doing? It's too soon to make jokes because we thought the skies had cleared, but by God, it's going to start raining again tomorrow. We think two to four inches here. I don't think we can take much more down here. We went from too little to too much pretty quick. If you could have spread that out over the last two or three years, that would have yeah, been fantastic. Exactly. Uh, so solve a lot of problems instead of replacing them with new problems. I was, we're, uh, we are approaching a record rainfall month for February for Seattle. And uh, is, 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 as far as I'm concerned, it's only the 16th of February as we record this. Yeah, amazing. So, uh, well, weird weather everywhere. But, uh, hey, you know what? I'd rather have a, a full reservoir than an empty reservoir, I guess, at the end of the day, even if we spill a little over here and there. Well, that's why they need to grab their pipeline, whatever that means. I don't know. Yes. Pipeline, not pipe. That's a different, <laughs> yeah. different show for another day. But yes. uh, we're all about the sales pipeline here on Sales Pipeline Radio. Thanks so much for joining us. We are here every Thursday at 2.30 Eastern, 11.30 Pacific. You can catch us live every week here on the Lead Management Radio Network. You can also catch us on demand through our podcast available on the iTunes Store and Google Play. Every episode of Sales Pipeline Radio is available on demand anytime you want them up at salespipelineradio.com. And we are in the habit here, Paul, of featuring some uh, fancy, smart, impressive people from throughout the B2B sales and marketing world that are immersed in the business of building, managing, and closing pipelines. And very, very excited today to have the VP of Marketing from Box with us, Lauren Vaccarella. Laura, thanks. Lauren, excuse me, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, thank you so much for having me. So I'm not going to give you a choice of pipe or pipeline. We're talking about pipeline today. Uh, we can, okay. can figure this out later. Uh, but I was really excited to be, you know, but I had the uh, the pleasure of meeting you and getting to know you a little through some of the CMO councils that Demandbase has done and just been impressed with the work you guys are doing and the growth of, of Box from, you know, what started up here, you know, and, and has just grown into strong, successful company. And I think a great example of, of enterprise marketing and enterprise sales and marketing teams working together. So love to, you know, get some insight from you, like, you know, some in- insights from the trenches, examples of what's working and, you know, what are some of the, especially over the last year or so, what are some of the initiatives that have, that have been key to, to your success at Box? Absolutely. Um, we've done some really, really exciting things. So to give you super quick background, um, I've been at Box about 20 months or so, and it's been phenomenal ride over here. Before I was at Box, I ran digital marketing at Salesforce. I ran marketing at Tech Startup as well. And then coming to Box was a little bit different. Coming in and really having to build deep relationships with a sales organization, which in many ways didn't exist and were still really getting tighter and really forming, and came in and looked at what are the biggest areas of opportunities, where do we want to focus? And Box has an interesting challenge. We've got 71,000 customers. We've got customers of all sizes, but we also have 66% of the Fortune 500. And came in and worked with our head of global field sales, uh, Tom, who is absolutely a phenomenal sales leader, and started to think about how do we build out new programs and how do we expand programs that are working really well. And things that have worked really, really well for us here that, to be honest, if you have told me 10 years ago that this is the future of where, where we're going in enterprise marketing, I actually would have probably laughed at you. Things for us, it's really account-based marketing and how we built out our account-based marketing program here. And we have very, very much doubled down, actually tripled down on our, our field marketing program. 
Uh, to give you a little bit of context perspective, is in the field marketing program, the way we've really gone in and approached it, we have a phenomenal field marketing leader. How do we make sure we take our field marketers and make sure they're as much part of the marketing organization as they are part of the sales organization? And we really sit down with regional sales leaders and say, what is your ARR target for central territory? What are you looking to drive? What are you looking to do? And how does marketing contribute to that? So about a quarter of the field events that we do are 100% about sourcing new pipelines and really about sourcing new deals for the sales organization, getting new names, getting that face-to-face contact and communication. About half are really about how do we accelerate deals through the funnel, so people that the sales organization is already talking to. How do we make sure we give the sales team opportunities to get in front of some of the biggest companies we're selling to? move them along, get them really excited, not just about what they think Box does, but what the full offering for Box, and about a quarter really on what we can do to help sales close. So a big piece is how we really built and accelerated that program to the point that it is one of the most ROI-positive programs that we have in marketing. And then another really big initiative for us is going into account-based marketing. I think account-based marketing is a bit of a buzzword right now, The way we really approached it, again, was really tight alignment with the sales organization. What are the most strategic, impactful companies that we want to gain as customers and do business with? And how do we build out a plan across sales, across marketing, across our channel program to go in and get in front of these customers, in front of these companies and help make them customers? You know, Paul, I think just in her first answer, she gave us fodder for the next like four episodes. So Lauren, I really hope <laughs> I every, so. every week at, two, at 1130, you're available to keep going. This is, this is fantastic. I, I want to unpack a little bit of what you talked about here. Just thrilled to have Lauren Vaccarello from the VP of marketing at Box with us today. Done the work. She's been around a lot of companies and seen, uh, that's built up into her, her experience. She is, uh, it was honored as one of the most influential women in business, uh, by the San Francisco Business Times a couple of years ago. She's a mentor with GrowthX Academy in San Francisco. So clearly she's got, uh, uh negative free time at this point because uh, I know how hard you work at Box as well. A couple of things you mentioned, though, that I want to unpack a little bit. I mean, you talked about working with sales on their revenue targets. And and, I, and knowing kind of how you work, I think it's easy maybe to take for granted like how important that is. A lot of marketers aren't thinking about revenue targets. They may not even know what the sales team's number is. You know, they're focused on clicks and likes and maybe focused on marketing qualified leads. But, you know, you can't buy a beer with a marketing qualified lead. So the fact that you are partnering with sales to focus on what matters to the organization to have the same goal is actually quite innovative, you know, for better or worse here in 2017. How did that evolve for you? Is that something you've always done at Box? Was that something you learned elsewhere? What are some of the things you might sort of impart on people that want to have that kind of mentality in their own marketing organizations moving forward? It's interesting. Once upon a time, I lived in New York and I worked at a trading company. And I got hired. I had done marketing before. I got hired for sales. And then I basically did a hybrid between sales and marketing. And then I remember when I was working there, because I had been on the sales floor, I just always knew about what I had to do to close and the leads that I got and how that would help me hit my number. And I'm not a mm-hmm. salesperson, nor do I ever want to be a salesperson again. But that gave me that mindset really, really early in my career on this is what I do in marketing and Passing something to a salesperson has a direct impact on how they can, how basically their survival is because as the receiving end of it, I thought a lot about it. And then fast forward years later to when I worked at Salesforce. So I spent about four and a half years at Salesforce in various roles. The thing that I think most people remember me for is really uh, I ran digital marketing over there. But running digital marketing there came with 
I had a pipeline target and I had goals to hit. But what Salesforce did and really imparted in me, and I think what's really good about working at Box is our, our leader of uh, strategic planning um, also comes from Salesforce. Uh, so the person who sets our targets uh, comes from a very similar uh, cloth to I do. And one of the things we had at Salesforce that we had imparted uh, at Box as well is this concept of the four horsemen. And it's what are the, uh, not the apocalypse, although I always kind of laugh at that. <laughs> uh, so what are these basically the four pillars that are responsible for driving revenue? And it's going to be your marketing organization, your AE organization, your OBR, your OBRs. So your AE sourcing pipeline, your OBR is sort of calling out and doing cold calling. And then also your um, alliances organization, so channel partner. So when we had this at Salesforce, it was very much set up as these are the four parts of the organization that are responsible for sourcing pipeline that eventually turns into revenue. And we had such a good system and methodology of our net new annual recurring revenue target for the business is X across the four horsemen. This is everyone's responsibility for achieving that ARR target. And we used to go back and say, if our target is $10 million in commercial and $10 million in field, then we need $30 million in commercial the quarter before, and we need $35 million in field three quarters out. So we built these models to pace everything out. And then we'd sit down every month across all of, across all of the four horsemen and would literally just look at all the data and say, this is not a marketing problem or an account executive problem or an alliances problem. Where are we standing and what does pipeline coverage look like based on what our close ratio is? And we looked at this across the entire book of business and I'll never forget sitting in a room going, okay, super simple, red, yellow, green. We look at countries and segments, not look at channel or source and start to see, okay, mid-market in Germany is going to be a problem in two quarters. Okay. If mid-market in Germany is going to be a problem in two quarters, we're not liking the way this is pacing. Who can do something about it? Is this something that marketing can jump in and do? Is this something sales can jump in and do? Is this something our alliances team can do? And it just built this really close relationship because it wasn't about I'm blaming you or you're blaming this person. It was really a, all right, guys, at the end of the day, our job is to drive revenue for the business. Who's on first? If you need Mm -hmm. to solve a field segment pipeline is short this quarter, to be honest, marketing can't do a lot to source new pipeline for large enterprises within a month. It's just, it takes too much time, but the sales organization can, and marketing can switch our role to help closing. Um, so just building that level of rigor and trust across the organization has been completely key, and Salesforce really drove that home in me. And I think I've taken it for granted since having left Salesforce. I just assumed that everybody did this. Yeah, not everyone does. <laughs> I will tell you, no. uh, it's it's impressive and unique. And I mean, what you're describing is fully within the potential of really any organization. I think, you know, it's one thing to get aligned around the same objectives. It's another thing to literally sort of look at each other and say, we're in this together and let's, you know, leave our egos at the door and not and, and eliminate finger pointing. Uh, I think you can't underestimate culture, right? I mean, you, you had a culture mm-hmm. at Salesforce that made this possible. You have a culture at Box that reinforces this and really 
really probably in many cases probably mandates this. Uh, I think in a lot of organizations, there's still a sales versus marketing culture. There's still a finger pointing culture. There's still a marketing. You do your thing and sales will do our thing and, and, and we'll be fine. And what's interesting is I think this, you know, even from Salesforce, you see, you know, you know, models like predictable revenue coming out. You see, which, mm-hmm. which is, seg- which is a segmentation of the sales process, uh, which in, in one way could further splinter and decentralize this. But clearly that was married at Salesforce with the interest of just breaking down barriers and saying, well, you know, every one of these four horsemen marketing, you know, field AEs, the inside sales reps, the OBRs and alliances, like everyone has their role and they may have role at different places, different times, uh, but they can all work closely together. I want, I, want, I know we got to take a break here, pay some bills. I want to talk more about this. I want to talk about ABM. I want to talk about, you mentioned the amount of time and attention you're putting on conversion, which is increasingly with sales enablement uh, or whether or not companies have sales enablement, a big part of where marketers are driving value into the organization. Going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after a minute or so with Lauren Vaccarello. More from her, VP of Marketing from Box. Thanks for listening to Sales Pipeline Radio. In a world where the speed of innovation and change in B2B marketing has never been greater, the only thing bigger is the need for clarity, for a blueprint, for a guide to what's really working. And how about a way to apply it specifically today to increase sales pipeline growth, velocity, and most of all, conversion. That's what you'll find in the Modern Marketer's Field Guide. And, amazingly, you can download it for free. HeinzMarketing.com, just like it sounds, H-E-I-N-Z-M-A-R-K-E-T-I-N-G. It encompasses the entire sales and marketing cycle, but in quick bursts with lots of specific, actionable ideas, strategies, tactics you can put to work right away, like today. The loaded table of contents helps you narrow in and tackle a problem. And it's something you can come back to over and over again as a reference guide. Why not download your free copy of the Modern Marketer's Field Guide? It's free. HeinzMarketing.com, just like it sounds. H-E-I-N-Z, marketing.com. Whether you're producing a seminar series, user's conference, lunch and learn, or exhibiting at a trade show, Validar has a solution. From capturing leads at trade shows to managing on-site registration, tracking session attendance, gathering information, and providing sponsors lead retrieval, we have a full suite of solutions for you. Since 2005, Validar has been turning corporate events and trade shows into better business. Call 888-784-2929 or visit us at Validar.com. And now back to uh, Matt and his guests. And I, I had to observe that, uh, you know, you're referring to these things as the four horsemen here. Maybe there is an apocalypse if you don't have those four uh, horses pulling together here. You know, some kind of a sales apocalypse, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, it's, it's, it's actually not too far from the truth, right? I mean, the more finger-pointing, the more friction internally, the less likely you're going to hit these numbers. Uh, yeah, welcome back to Sales Pipeline Radio. I, I've been told in many cases that I talk quickly. I've been, I was just told during the break that I'm talking particularly rapidly today. I promise it has nothing to do with any pipes. Uh, it might have to do with a little too much coffee. I don't know what number this is in front of me, but I'm still rolling. We do want to make sure we pack as much into each episode of Sales Pipeline Radio as we can. Uh, up in upcoming weeks, next week, we're going to feature Shannon Dougal. She's the Vice President of Marketing from Uberflip. We're going to talk about some very exciting new research about uh, the future of content marketing, the attributes and features of content that are breaking through the clutter and getting attention uh, in the market today. Moving forward, the next few weeks, uh, we're going to feature uh, in early March uh, someone you know, Lauren, uh, uh, Karen uh, Siafi, who is the Vice President of Marketing at Bright Clove. 
world. She's going to be talking about the impact and the increasing importance of video in marketing at every stage of the buying journey. And also in later in March, we're going to have Grant Cardone, who's the author of the book 10X, who is the producer of the conference, the 10X conference, um, a well-known figure in the sales world and always has some unique, interesting and sometimes provocative and uh, interesting perspectives. So really excited to have Grant on the show coming up. But lots more here with uh, Lauren Vaccarello, who's the VP of Marketing at Box. And, you know, before we went to break, Lauren, we were talking about, you know, the focus on leads versus conversion. A lot of companies and a lot of marketing groups, their main focus is on lead generation, getting more butts in seats, getting more hands raised, getting more prospects in front of sales. And I'd love to hear more about how you put a focus on conversion, right? I mean, it sounds like you probably do both, but talk about what it means to focus on post-lead efficiency, post-lead conversion and impact. Sure, it's a great question. And it's um, it's something that I will always say is easier, easier said than done and something you really have to focus and push on. It's Changing a mindset from all we need to do as a marketing department is to get leads, we're going to give sales at bats, and then our job is done, is in so many ways the easy way out. Uh, it is I, My job is to fill the top of the funnel. It's their job just to execute. But the thing that you've said that I've actually said internally a lot is that you can't buy a beer with leads, and it's not going to be enough. And we need to do things to really support and partner with the sales organization and ultimately the business. One thing that actually I can tell you we're focusing increasingly on here right now, which I love that as we start to look at it, so many times when marketers are saying, okay, I need to drive more pipeline. I need to drive more pipeline. I need to drive more ARR. Great. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to put more in the top of the funnel and hope it works out. We actually have an increasing focus on a different part of the, the funnel and a different part of the cycle, which is more along the lines of what can we do to better convert? We can drive a ton at the top, but Right now, it's really how can I get more leads to go from an MQL to an SQL and to close? And that's completely different motion that for us starts to look at things like, okay, what are we doing with sales efficiency? How do we partner with our sales organization, make sure they have the right training, they have the right materials, and we are holding sales accountable and marketing accountable for both, giving you quality that you need, what's the follow-up process, how quickly is sales following up with the leads that we're, we're sending over? How long are they spending on the phone? What are the different touch points and what's the different output? So as marketing metrics will always get tighter and expect increases, really having that two-way dialogue and two-way conversation, I think that's probably one of the biggest areas of opportunity that a lot of marketers miss because all we do is shove more at the top and hope for the best when there's a lot of goodness really in the how do you work super tight with sales to get more out of what you're sending them? Mentioned early that you know you know you've been you know working on in what or excuse me that ABM has been a really big focus for you uh, and it sounds like you know for the work you've been doing throughout your time at Box and maybe even back at Salesforce I mean this you've been doing ABM before it was ABM uh, talk a little bit about how you define ABM everyone's got a slightly different perspective on it like how do you define it not just in marketing but as the organization how is sales involved in this as well and how do you make it uh, probably easier in the in the four horsemen uh, context but how do you make ABM something that is a organizational program, not just a marketing program. I always joke that to you what you said is I was doing ABM before it was a thing, and I don't think I realized I was doing account-based marketing when I was doing it. A couple of things going back to sort of earlier days at Salesforce, maybe five years ago, we basically had a target list of accounts, which I'm sure most companies, or I assume most companies have a target list of accounts. So we had a target list of a thousand accounts were going out across the business. So the powers that be comes up with this target list that we called the SE 1000. We had executive sponsors, 
across the organization. We had sales leaders across the organization on it. And we just said as marketing, okay, we're going after these 1,000 accounts. What's our plan to directly target these 1,000 accounts? And technology was very different five years ago. How we went to market was very different five years ago. But so much of the same principles apply and have been pulled over to, to box. The things that we were doing then were, we know the 1,000 accounts. How do you use targeted advertising to provide air coverage just to those 1,000 accounts, whether it's an IP targeting with a demand base or it's um, individual title targeting on LinkedIn? Now you can take the same principles and use custom audiences on Facebook or start to build even a custom, uh, custom audience across Google and say, I just want to make sure we are always in front of um, in front of these people from an advertising perspective and looking at it to provide air coverage. And then we started to build that into how do you build personalized web experiences for these companies and how do you prep the sales organization and say these are the companies that we're advertising to and giving air coverage to with the right messaging right now and then send the sales organization in. And now we fast forward, I think that was five years ago. I don't know where my life has went. Um, <laughs> I think fast forward <laughs> Isn't that to wake up one day and all this time has gone by? Right. Um, it was probably five or six years ago, and now we're at Fox, and account-based marketing has come so far, and there's such better technology. I'm not pulling spreadsheets and pulling all these individual manual reports in Salesforce. Um, the way we looked at it here, unintentionally or intentionally, a similar initial approach is sat down with the sales organization and said, we want to do this. Uh, initially, it started as a pilot, and it was very bottoms up and got a couple of salespeople that were really interested and eager, and we partnered with them and got them bought in before we rolled it out top down. But I would never recommend it's the hard approach. We should have done the mm-hmm. easy approach of what are some accounts that we just need help with. Um, we literally looked for what are the accounts that we've never been successful. The initial pilot was 150 accounts that we've never been successful with, and they were some of the largest companies and the most strategic that we've just constantly run up against a wall and said, okay, cross sales or cross marketing or cross channel and BD, we're going to see what we can do. Simple things like the biweekly meeting and making sure we know who this is. Um, technology like Engageo is super helpful in terms of what are we doing about account analytics. Giving sales that insight into if we're targeting a specific company, letting sales know right now we know we're targeting company X but their intense signals are way up. They're engaging with us on the website. They're going to these events. This is a great time to go to market, and this is a great time to start contacting them. So that's been massive change, really, really helpful, and takes a lot of the heavy lifting. We still look at a lot of the advertising piece for air coverage. We also use things like third-party call-downs just to help get that initial engagement. We've done some great work with some events that we, we sponsor and really pulling in every single touch point across the business and having this collective effort going after these very specific companies. Even for Boxworks, our user conference, which is in October, so if anyone wants to go to our user conference, it'll be amazing. It's in October. That's my pitch. The, <laughs> uh, what we ended up doing this year was let's make sure all of our target accounts, we need to send them personalized invites. We need to make sure that they're there. When we get them to come to the event, how do we give them the best possible experience? How do we not leave anything to chance with these accounts? And where the importance of account-based marketing, which is really this idea of account-based everything, comes from is the way we are marketing to B2B just doesn't make sense anymore. The And it's things that I think everybody knows is basics of B2B selling marketing is there's no single buyer. 
decision by committee. There's a lot of influencers that are going to be both seen and unseen. You're going to have a long sales cycle. But when we do lead scoring, when we do attribution um, and opportunity creation and close, we still look at everything on a contact level. And we say that, you know, Joe is the person that is the decision maker. He does everything, and that's the ultimate piece. But when logically, when any of us buy, we know there's five or 10 or 20 people involved. And with account-based marketing and account-based selling, it's making sure we take that holistic approach for an entire account and not trying to market or sell to an individual, but looking at it from a full account perspective. And then where we are now is making sure we not just do that. We look at it from an account perspective. We track from an account perspective. We also align really closely with sales on that account um, and report back together and how we're tracking the success of our account-based marketing program. I will always be tied to a marketing source pipeline number. This is the job I have signed up for in my life. I am good with it. But with our ABM program, we also come back and say, look, it's great if marketing gets credit. But ultimately, how we will know if this is successful is what happens to these target 150 accounts. Do we have deals in them, whether it's sales credit, whether it's marketing credit? What does penetration look like? How does it compare to everything else? And are we winning? And we've had a lot of success in the last year on it um, with that with those accounts, and we've gotten deals in a very large percentage of them. And this year we're expanding it to about 1,500 accounts, which is awesome. It's the same number of people working on the program, but just 10 times uh, ten times the Exciting and terrifying, I'm sure. But i, I got to be honest, I mean, unfortunately we're going to have to wrap up here, but I, it's so refreshing, Lauren, to hear like a marketing leader talk like a business leader, right? Really embrace the, the revenue opportunity and sort of the profit center marketing mentality that I think is really going to drive B2B marketing in the, in the months and quarters and, and years ahead. So yeah, unfortunately we're out of time. I want to thank our guest, Lauren Vaccarello, who's the VP of Marketing at Box. Thanks so much for your insights today. If you want to hear more from Lauren, uh, you can check her out on Twitter at Lauren V. That's A-L-A-U-R-E-N, the letter V. And uh, if you want to hear this again, or if you want to play this back for your team, you can catch it at uh, salespipelineradio.com here in a couple days as well. Make sure you get this in every new episode at the iTunes Store and Google Play. Uh, For my great producer, Paul, thanks very much for joining us. We'll see you again next week, 1130 Pacific, 230 Eastern on Sales Pipeline Radio. You've been listening to Sales Pipeline Radio, the only place that explores all the different stages and aspects of building and succeeding with your sales pipeline. 